Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we answer listener questions, and we want to thank everyone who submitted a question, whether it be at email, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, on Twitter, at WDWDeciphered, or on our feedback form on DisneyDeciphered.com. Final episode of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we have been putting together some listener questions from emails and other various sources. And we thought, you know, the year is ending soon, so we should hit some of those before 2018 ends. What do you think, Leslie? Sounds good. I'm just so glad that there's someone out there listening and asking us questions. Yes, at least four people. Some <laughs> may or may not be my mom. No, I'm just kidding. She doesn't care. Thanks, mom. Let's uh, kick this off. Well, I'll say, first of all, that um, we did have a few questions about PhotoPass and Memory Maker, enough that we decided to make an extra episode out of that. So you can look out for that one later. Out of the listener questions that we do have, Let's uh, take a look. All right. So the first listener question is um, pretty simple. It comes from Lena, and she is going to be at Walt Disney World over Christmas week. God bless her. Thoughts and prayers, all that. (laughs) Who knows how that's going to go? Although, uh, you know, she did send us her touring plan, and she seems to have things down. But she had a pretty simple question. Uh, do you have recommendations for meal times if you don't have a reservation anywhere? So what do you think, Leslie? When do you think is the best time to eat in the parks to avoid crowds? Yeah, if you don't have a reservation, you know, you're you're mostly, especially during Christmas week, looking at, at counter service and quick service, I would think. I mean, most of the sit-downs, if you're going to want to hit them, you're going to have to go very early or very late. So I would say... I mean, maybe for Christmas week, as early as 4.30 for dinner, something like that. Certainly no later than 5. And if you're going to go on the later side, 8, 8.39, something like that. Um, now, that's Christmas week. I think the windows are a little uh, more forgiving the rest of the time of year. Um, you can definitely squeeze in there sometimes on occasion, depending upon the restaurant. But uh, all bets are off on Christmas week. God bless her indeed. Yeah, I do think that having small children has really worked in our benefit since we tend to eat earlier, both at lunch and dinner. Um, So, you know, I think, you know, it's just standard logic. If you eat as soon as the counter restaurants open at, you know, say 11am, or even, I'm sure some even start at like 1030am, then you're not going to deal with huge crowds. The one thing I can say about Disney World, I have been there at crowded times is, 
outside of Woody's lunchbox, I don't think there are many seating issues. You should usually be able to find a seat. I guess Casey's can be pretty tough to find a seat as well. But out of like the big counter service restaurants, I usually haven't had trouble finding a place to sit. Yeah, that's right. They're mostly pretty large people eaters. So you you know you may have a little bit of a line at the counter to get your food, but you can at least uh, send maybe maybe send one parent with the kids and grab a seat and have them rest while one one other parent does the work. So it's definitely definitely doable. And and uh, as someone who goes to Disneyland more often than Disney World, I'm definitely jealous of of Disney Disney World folks in this regard because the seating is just so much tighter at Disneyland. So so be grateful for the large parks in Orlando. Definitely. So let's stay on dining and answer a question about free dining. So this comes from Ashton, and he had a bunch of questions, so I'll just summarize them here. So he asked, when is free dining released? What hotels support the free dining? Who is the free dining best for? Like what types of groups? And what is the cost of free dining versus saving on tickets and rooms? And where does free dining work? So to answer some of these questions, we can answer a bunch of them all at once. So you know, the way free dining generally works, although it changes from year to year, is that if you're staying at a value or moderate resort, you get a quick service dining plan. And then if you're staying at or if you're staying in a deluxe, you'll get the standard or regular dining plan. And you can also pay to upgrade. We're not a huge fan of free dining. And so, you know, there's always a catch. So Leslie, what's the catch with free dining? The catch is that you miss out on other discounts that are available. And sometimes the room discounts are more significant than the value of the food that you were will be eating. So I, I am like you. I am not a fan of the dining plan generally and the free dining when it's offered in part because I just kind of don't want to line my family up for the smorgasbord of consuming food that sort of seems to happen when people have extra dining credits. But yeah, you really need to do the math. A lot of people are like, it's free. Well, it's not free. It just makes you forego other discounts that might be available to you and uh, you got to you got to crunch the numbers. You got to compare, right? And so the discounts that you miss out on that Leslie's referring to is that when you book free dining, you have to book what's called the rack rate. Twelve months before room rates are even re- before rooms are even released, Disney will say, you know, this room at this hotel is going to cost this much on this day. And obviously, they discount that throughout the year as supply and demand goes. But for the free dining packages, you are normally paying the absolute rack rate. So you get your dining for free, but then what if Disney World, for example, offered a 30% room discount? Are you coming out ahead there? And like Leslie said, you know, you have to do the math, which can be tough. That's right. And I think especially for 2019, as we are gearing up towards the opening of Star Wars land, I think there are going to be some pretty substantial room discounts. I think demand for Disney is going to be soft this year. That seems to be where the numbers are trending. People are postponing their vacations until they can see Star Wars in action. So I, I'm I'm even more skeptical of the dining plan in 2019, just to, to, to see what the, d- the demand and the discounts are for the hotel rooms. Yeah. And then the last thing to note is that there were 2019 free dining bounce back offers offered in 2018. So what that means is, you know, as you're leaving the resort, you can go and ask for a bounce back offer and they might give you say a 20% room discount. If you Uh, book immediately to come back or, you know, what they were offering in 2018 were these 2019 free dining bounce backs. Now, Disney has not officially announced free dining for 2019, but our guess is if it goes along with, um, you know, how it works, how it worked this year, you know, the bounce back offers were 
offered for July to November of 2019. So we're guessing that free dining will be offered sometime or maybe within all of those months, because like Leslie said, I think demand is going demand at Disney resorts in general is going to be low coming up to star Wars land. But like Leslie said, you know, maybe the room discounts are going to be better than the free dining discount. So you're just going to have to kind of weigh all of those options. So d- stay tuned, I suppose. All right. So next question is about Disney after hours. So this comes from Kara, who left us the question on our feedback form on DisneyDecipher.com. And she asks, we are planning on going back to MK after hours in January and also day at Epcot. We go to Orlando for a conference every winter, so it's not a full-on Disney vacation. I was wondering if you could talk about after hours. We already have tickets, and I don't care about the extra money. I realize we're paying extra to not be swarmed by tons of people. But any tips on what not to miss? So, Leslie, do you know what is after hours off the top of your head? And how much does it cost? Uh, I I think I do. Um, I have not done it myself. Um, I have had quite a few friends who have. Um, so yes, it's basically uh, Magic Kingdom. Are they offering it in other parks yet? I can't remember. Yes, just recently announced. So now it's Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, or Animal Kingdom. They all have this after hours. Got it. Got it. Uh, so yes, they close the parks to regular folks with regular tickets early and then the park becomes your playground if you're willing to pay the price of admission i don't know off the top of my head what the price is but i remember a slight gas plus, uh, Ooh. plus tax 125 dollars. i remember gasping when i saw it announced for the first time thinking who would ever pay that but the reviews have been really good. I mean, my friends who've gone have said the lines have been incredibly short. They felt like they got to knock out everything they wanted to knock out in, you know, that short period of time and they would do it again. So that's been the the reviews from my Disney loving friend circle. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I've been hearing the same thing, you know. Um, so the Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom after hours just opened up, and I was pretty skeptical about those, about those two because if you think about Magic Kingdom, there's like 20 plus attractions. There's a ton of attractions that you can go on, so I feel like you could easily make it worth it. Whereas at like Hollywood Studios, you're just talking about like Toy Story Land, Rock and Roller Coaster. You know, there's really like eight attractions maybe, and then Animal Kingdom, you're basically just going for Pandora. And so my question was, uh, let's talk about Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom first. Were the lines going to be crazy there? Thankfully, um, WW News Today, at WDWNT on Twitter, which you probably follow. I mean, it's a pretty well-known Disney Twitter establishment. They went to Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom, and there were still like no lines. No lines on Avatar, no lines on Slicky Dog Dash, um, no lines on Rock and Roller Coaster. And so they were just getting on everything. For the $125 plus tax, you also get free quote unquote, ice cream, popcorn, and non-alcoholic beverages. Um, You know, I think maybe warm beverages in the winter as well. So you get a little bit more out of it and you could probably eat at least $40 of that back in popcorn. Um, But overall, you know, I am, I feel like if I was there without my kids, I might do this. Uh, It's maybe, you know, on a four day ticket, the fifth day costs you about $60, 50 to $60 to add. I might pay the extra $60 above that to want to get it to 125 to just hit every single ride that I want to hit over the course of three hours. Um, because over those three hours, you know, so Kara asked, what are the things not to miss? I think the reality is within that three hours, you can 
pretty much ride whatever you want. So just ask yourself, what ride do you like the most? Ride it once, twice, three times, go to the other ones. So, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a crazy price in one sense, but at the same time, like, you know, think about it this way. If you have a date night, you have a babysitter for your kids and you're a ride junkie like we are, maybe you are going to spend the $125 to ride as many rides as you can. Um, although I'd probably only do it for Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Magic Kingdom would, would draw me in for sure. I'm not sure about the other parks. And especially considering they're doing an early morning magic, sort of similar paid early entry into Toy Story Land that is less expensive, if I'm recalling correctly. That would probably be the place to, at least if you want to hit the Toy Story Land rides, to to do it in the morning instead of in the evening. But that's just my just my thinking because I can I can get tickets to you know I can get fast passes to Rock and Roller Coaster single rider that or fast pass uh, Tower of Terror the other big thrill rides in Hollywood Studios. I think also the I th- there's something to be said about walking through the parks when it's totally empty and I would I mean I'm not sure I would, I would put the price at $125 but I think some of the value comes from just being able to walk around the Magic Kingdom at least without bumping into people everywhere. You know, I think that would be a nice experience. And the Magic Kingdom has enough rides that, you know, I feel like I could I could ride for three hours straight and not get tired. And you do get admitted to the park three hours before after hours start. So I think most of the time, you know, if the park's closing at nine, after hours will run till twelve, you can get in at seven or six. So, you know, you're more at the park for more than just the three hours. That's right. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I would definitely do it, especially if I was solo or just with my husband, because the kids can't stay up that late quite yet. We'll get there. And who knows? I think demand is where they want it now, but at the beginning it was soft. So annual pass holders were getting tickets for half price. So like $60 at $60, it's just like a must do. Like if you've got the time, it's just about whether you can get the babysitter because at $60, three hours in Magic Kingdom for $60, no lines at the rides. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So final question comes from Glennis. She will be at Disney World sometime in February. Um, And so she asks, we will be doing a free day and I can't decide if we should be going to the Boardwalk or Disney Springs or ride around and check out the resorts around the Magic Kingdom on the monorail. What would be the best use of the day, especially in the afternoon after the nap between 4 and 8 p.m.? So what do you think between walking around Crescent Lake, so the Boardwalk area, Disney Springs, or riding the monorail, uh, what would you recommend? And I should say that I don't know exactly how old our kids are, but I know that I'm pretty sure they're both under five and they're still napping. So that, Mm. I mean, that's a dead giveaway there. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's fair. I just graduated from that myself, but uh, that's a tough call for me. I, I would say probably not boardwalk. I don't think there's enough there to entertain the little ones for, you know, an extended period of time. I would, I would probably lean towards Disney Springs just because there's, there are a lot of activities and, and the people watching and the shopping. And I mean, obviously little ones don't want to shop, but they're going to want to look in, you know, world of Disney and things like that. And there's a lot of great dining options there that, that might be where I would lean, especially if you're going to splurge on something like, you know, the Amphicar. I never can say that right. Amphicar. Um, this the amphibious is a, um, car that goes this is out a rated G podcast. <laughs> so I'm not sure what you're trying to say. <laughs> The car that goes on water um, or, you know, one of those sort of activities that are kind of splurges. Um, if you're obviously trying to save money by not going to the park for the day, then maybe you don't want to be doing those. 
but it's a, it's a tough call for me between the the Magic Kingdom monorail loop and the and Disney Springs. What's your vote? Yeah. On Disney Springs, I would say and she did say that specifically she did not want to shop and I do find that difficult. Although it's not a bad place, you know, we I think we've talked about it before, but we are like a you get one souvenir out of this trip family and that World Disney Store is a nice place to look for that. So maybe they buy the one thing. But there's like the sprinkles, the cupcake place, there's ice cream place. There's a ton of stuff to look at. There's you can just walk along the water. It's nice. Um, there are the huge stores, um, but different areas of different Disney Springs feel differently. There's that if you're there at night, there's um, this kind of it's not a pavilion, but it's like a circle area. But the lights in the circle area, if you see them from afar, are a Mickey head, or it's not even a hidden Mickey. It's like an obvious Mickey. So you know, my daughter went to Disney Springs when she was like four, and she loved it, and she just loved walking around and looking around. So maybe Disney Springs is good. Personally, with a about to be four year old son who is still obsessed with trains, we would probably just ride the monorail around because there's a lot you can do on the monorail for free. Besides, you know, you can get a Dole Whip at the Polynesian. Uh, you can obviously walk around the different resorts and you can, <laughs> what we did is uh, we visited all the various gift shops just to see what different things they had. And if you're around at 3 PM in the grand Floridian lobby, Cinderella and Prince Charming always do a dance sometime and in the late evening or sorry, in the late afternoon, grand flow has that band that's almost always playing. So there's always something to see. There's shows and random lobbies that you can see sometimes like we saw at the poly. So, and you get to ride the monorail and you can even ride the monorail all the way to Epcot too. If your kids are obsessed and don't forget to ask the monorail operators for transportation cards, but with Disney Springs or monorail loop, I don't think you can go wrong. I think Crescent Lake is a better place to go uh, when you're an adult. And at nighttime, there's like a lot of good nightlife for adults there. Yeah, I think that's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, we're, I don't know if we narrowed it down for her, but <laughs> well, we, we eliminated Hopefully one option. Right? Maybe, we eliminated maybe one, one option. Of, so <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe one of those activities that we mentioned, uh, will catch her ear and help her make, make the decision. Yep. There you go. Uh, I think she has two boys. So, you know, if they are playing to type like my son does, then maybe they'll like the monorail better. Who knows if it's working. And the doors don't fall off or the windows fall out. Let's just not talk about that. Out. <laughs> oh, well, I heard that supposedly they're getting new monorail. So we'll see um, how that ends up turning out. I'll believe it when I see it. Indeed. All right. So our last question, like I said, was revolving around memory memory maker and multiple people asked about it. So we will do that next episode. But do you have a quick thought on whether memory maker is worth it or not? I think if you have a vacation that's three days or longer, it is absolutely worth it. My family always, always buys it. So there's the short answer. We'll have the long answer on the full episode. And my family always wants it, but we are too cheap to buy it ourselves. So in the next episode, we will talk a little bit about ways that we've been able to reduce the cost, let's say, of a memory maker. Sounds good. All right, so for Disney Do's and Don'ts, uh, I have a quick Disney do for you, and that is 
the Disney World website is notoriously bad. So we were talking before about room discounts and how often you'll see like Gift of Magic room and that'll be like 30% off or whatever. But what will happen is sometimes you'll search and then it'll say for whatever resort you're looking for, Gift of Magic not available for these dates. Um, so my suggestion and our Disney do is number one, search your dates at least three times because who knows? The website sometimes just doesn't show the space. The other thing I would suggest is also search for shorter or longer trips around your date. So let's say you're staying from the 11th to the 13th, search for the 10th to the 13th or the 12th to the 14th, you know, put in that work there, do those extra clicks because sometimes the website is wonky and those will show up. And then what you can do is after you've booked that, usually I'd say at least 50% of the time, maybe better, you can call and ask them to adjust to the dates you actually want, but the discount will still be offered. So that would be my Disney do. I don't know if you've ever messed around with stuff like that before, Leslie. Oh, I totally have. You know, each time you refresh, it gives you some something different. And I often, if the I think the website's not showing me availability, will actually hop over to something like Expedia or Hotels.com and search for availability. And if I find it there, then sometimes I sort of can keep forcing the Disney website to... Uh, to find me what I'm looking for. Yep, for sure. So that's our Disney do. Thank you for everyone who submitted your listener questions. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we've been some help to you, um, but who knows if you have questions that you want to share with us, you can connect with us, Disney deciphered at gmail.com on Twitter at WDW deciphered, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney deciphered. You can find old episodes of this podcast on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play, Spotify, everywhere you find fine podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it, of course, if you could leave us a positive review. Leslie, only one more episode for 2018. It's been uh, almost nine, 10 months now. It's uh, been a pretty good run. It has been, and we're not stopping there. No, we're not. But we will say our goodbyes to 2018 in our next episode. Other than that, Leslie, I'll say goodbye to you now, and I will see you at Disney's After Hours, but not at Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk to the rest of you next time.